during this war, the, my daily life actually was like um, the whole night was hearing the bombing and trying to secure and to, to protect my kids and family. And by the early morning, I'm going to work as I'm responsible on food focal point at uh, Onorwa level. So I'm responsible to secure the needs of food for Palestinian refugees in the Gaza Strip who are suffering hard during the night and day. So I'm just dressed up every morning, tired, and trying to put off all the anger and my fears. I'm trying to support and to serve my people in Gaza to provide them with their needs. For the whole day, I'm working about 12 hours continuous and then going back to secure and protect my kids and I'm just trying to support my kids as much as I can, as I, I did to the Palestinian refugees. How did your kids feel? How did they manage to keep up with what's happening around them? Neither my kids, neither any of our Palestinian kids feel safe, feel secured, feel protected. The whole night and day, they hear bombing everywhere, and they have only one main question, what did we do wrong to deserve this life? And if we're going to die today or tonight, Mama. Every day, actually, they ask me before we go to bed, Mama, will we die similar to our neighbors, to, similar to our relatives tonight? So I have to hug them and promise them that if we die, we will die all together, actually. So we will not feel anything. And if you hear the bombing, then you are safe. The rocket that will kill you, you will not hear its sound. You fled Gaza on Monday to Egypt. Please tell us about your journey, especially that humanitarians have told us that nowhere is safe in Gaza today. Despite my leaving to Cairo from Gaza, uh, despite the feel of pain, and actually I, I feel angry that I have to leave my homeland, to leave my home, my my apartment, um, and also to leave my daily work supporting the refugees. But... What I could do for my children, because they have dual nationality actually, I need to get this a chance for them to sleep and to feel that they are similar to other kids. So I don't want to miss this opportunity, despite all the pain inside myself that I don't want to leave my Gaza, but I have to secure my kids. It's one top priority. I can tell you that the whole trip I was crying with my kids because we don't want to leave our land. We don't want to leave Gaza, but we are forced to do that, seeking for the safety and protection. I actually lived in middle area and Deir al-Balah, and the crossing is at Rafah, the, the south area. Many people who were just evacuated from Gaza to middle was walking on the Salahuddin Street and they were have no place to go actually. So we saw them and we witnessed the bombing during our trip uh, till we reached to uh, Rafah crossing, which by the way, it's not allowed to all Palestinian people to go through. They have, you have to, to have another nationality or another passport to go through it. So it's, it was tough. I will not forget this day, actually, that I'm leaving my house and I'm leaving my country under bombing and I'm forced to do so. Maha, can you explain to us what was your main task for the UN agency UNRWA when you were in Gaza? Yes, my main task actually during the emergency or during this war actually as 
food focal point at the central operation room. So I'm responsible to um, secure the food items that needs for the displaced people inside Onorwa shelters. Our plans and our SOPs actually was to have 150,000 Palestinian ODBs inside Onorwa shelters are reaching about 1 million actually. So the needs are very high and uh, there is a um, lack of uh, resources. So that we were working hard just to secure at least the minimum basic food that can make them survive inside the UNRWA shelters. You were just speaking about uh, the needs of the uh, IDPs. Tell us how functional is UNRWA and where is it able to help Gazans? In which locations exactly? People are seeking UNRWA schools uh, under the UN flag seeking for protection and then we are responsible to provide them with the the basic food that also the non-food items blankets mattresses in addition to drinking water and running water so uh, UNRWA teams in Gaza are working hard to provide all the basic needs for those people and the number one is security and safety despite that there is no safe place in Gaza which very true and very correct but we are doing the best Despite all the challenges, despite the the limited resources, despite there's no fuel, but we are we are on the ground doing impossible mission to secure what can we secure for our people. Talking about fuel, for your knowledge, was UNRWA getting fuel when you were on the ground? Uh, how much? How? For the first days of escalation, we stopped receiving fuel, and after that, we received like drops of fuel just to operate our vehicles and then another cut and recently maybe for four days ago five days ago we are allowed to receive the fuel but it's very minor quantity i recall what the last days that i was in gaza we have the aid trucks at rafah crossing but no fuel on the trucks so the trucks kept for two days in the open area, waiting to be refueled, just to be transported to the people in the schools. Imagine about the generators to provide electricity as there is no electricity, also to provide the bumping water, sewage, everything needs fuel. In addition, for example, for the bakeries, they need fuel. So when UNRWA do not receive fuel, all the operation stopped. And if we received like one drop or two drops, it's, it's like very, very minor that allowed us to make priorities to operate and to transport and to work. How about food and water? Are you getting the supplies you need? Actually, in regard to the food and water supplies in Gaza, it's very, very minor quantities. And it's not sufficient for our needs as the number of ITPs is getting dramatically increased. So according to our plans and according to our expectations, we never expect this huge number of IDPs to be inside shelters. It's not only people inside UNRWA shelters. There are hundreds of thousands of people outside UNRWA shelters. They are hungry and they don't get food even in local markets. I remember my family, actually, we were not at UNRWA shelter, but my parents did not get sufficient quantities of food from market. We witnessed that we went to the market, but it's empty. We, we found nothing to purchase. We have money, but we have nothing to purchase, actually.